Welcome to Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com. This is Elena DelVal, and my guests are Albert J. Estrada, Vice President for Business Development for Olympusat, Inc., and Oscar Madrid, Director of Multicultural Marketing for Verizon. Today we will discuss marketing to Hispanics. In the early 1990s, Albert started his career in the entertainment industry as account executive with Home Box Office, HBO, where he managed the West Texas region for HBO's cable television affiliate, Sales Group. Later, he became part of the initial team that launched DirecTV. While there, he led and crafted the marketing strategy for DirecTV's successful introduction into 15 countries within the Latin American region. After that, he marketed and sold high-powered geostationary satellites at Space Systems Laurel. Oscar, a native of El Paso, Texas, oversees the national marketing strategy for Hispanic, Asian, and African American consumer segments for Verizon FIOS and other consumer products and services. He is a 23-year veteran of the telecom industry, beginning his career with Bell Atlantic, a Verizon legacy company, in 1989. Oscar has served as a board member for the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce Education Foundation. He has partnered with a Hispanic Scholarship Fund on fundraising activities and supports Aspida's New York fundraising and marketing efforts. He is a recipient of the New York chapter of Aspida's Latino Leaders Award. Albert, Oscar, welcome. Thank you, Elena. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for having us. It's great to be here, Elena. Good to talk to you. Thank you so much, and thank you for your patience getting all our technology together. Now, this is a topic that, of course, is increasingly of interest to so many people across the country, marketing to Hispanics, because increasingly as the census numbers are released, decade after decade, we have seen a growth and a strengthening of the Hispanic market. Would you help us just take a quick look at what we are defining when we say the Hispanic market, or when you, the two of you, say the Hispanic market? What are you referring to? I, I can take that one, uh, Elena. Um, generally speaking, Hispanic really for us addresses the Hispanics in, in the U.S. that uh, have a background, a Latin American background, or in the Northeast, anywhere in the Caribbean. Uh, and for us specifically, this addresses consumers who either speak Spanish comfortably uh, in, at home or at work, or also uh, are comfortable bilingually. Uh, but there is a very large percentage of this audience who is also most comfortable in English. So we really address um, these folks, and that's how we how we focus on, or rather, that's how we uh, define uh, a Latino or a Hispanic in this country. Yeah, I totally agree with that, uh, Oscar. That's a great summary on targeting and marketing to Hispanics. Uh, you know, most recently, the Census Bureau uh, released some numbers and counted over 50.5 million Hispanics in the United States, which makes up about roughly 16.3% of the population. And because of that, I think it just spoke, speaks well with the growth of this segment, which is really not a minority anymore. It's really the majority in the United States if you're going after the Hispanic dollar. And um, what, what I like about the Hispanic 
uh, segment, if you will, is that it, it's very varied. It varies from the recent immigrant to the Hispanic uh, first or second generation, uh, uh, U.S. Latino, uh, to what Oscar mentioned, which is really important, which is a skyrocketing, burgeoning market, which uh, really speaks to the Hispanics that are culturally uh, connected to their Hispanic roots, but yet consume a lot of media in English. So right. we're finding a lot of uh, sectors within the Hispanic audience itself in the U.S. I think it's also important uh, to add to that, Albert, um, that we understand that it, it's not an audience that can be broadcast, right? It, it, you can't look at somebody and say, oh, well, you were born in another country and you've been here so many years, or for exactly. someone who was born in this country and maybe commands the English language, just can't broadcast that audience. It is important to note that there are differences among that. There are regional differences. There are cultural differences. Um, there are differences within levels of acculturation, for example. And so I think it's important to really understand this very viable uh, Latino segment in, in the country. Exactly. If I understand correctly, then you're saying that this is a very large audience, 50-plus million, that mm-hmm. includes Spanish-dominant, English-dominant, and bilingual and that is highly diverse. Absolutely, absolutely. How on earth do you get started tackling such a large, geographically spread out and diverse market? Very carefully. And you do it with, I think, I think you do it with a, a great degree of passion. So if I, if I can just go back to the beginning of, of my career doing multicultural marketing, for me, the most important thing was really understanding this particular consumer, um, understanding needs, understanding wants, attitudes about brands, really understanding how they related to my category. I started, as you mentioned in my bio, uh, on the wireless side of the business. I am now actually uh, with Verizon Fios. And so one of the things that we've done at Verizon over the years, and really for that matter, even with legacy companies like Bell Atlantic, which I was a part of, we always start with understanding this consumer. So as it relates to our specific footprint with Verizon, where are Latinos located? What are their needs? What are their desires? What do they aspire to do with with themselves and, and of course, with their families? And how do they relate to my particular product? In the case of Fios, where we offer a triple play service, so we offer TV, Internet, and and residential uh, phone service, it's important for me to really get a very basic understanding of what it is that they want from those services and then how I can then produce a product that meets those needs. So research up front is, is very important. It's also important to be able to understand which markets are key, where uh, the Latino community resides, ensuring that when you do uh, develop marketing campaigns that you're in the right places at the right times. But again, for, for, for us at Verizon, it really starts with understanding the needs of the consumer. Yeah, I think Oscar is absolutely correct. He hit the nail on the head there, Elena, uh, for many factors that he just mentioned. But the one, that, the one key, I think, point for me that that stood out was that you really have to do your homework as to uh, what audience you really want to target. Uh, you can't just come up with a marketing campaign or a communications campaign anymore and basically say, okay, here, here's our communication for the Hispanic community or the Hispanic market in the United States. It does have to be regional. 
it does have to be very, very culturally sensitive to many different backgrounds and cultures from all over Latin America who have immigrated here to, to the United States. It's not just Mexican or Mexican-American oriented anymore, uh, although it still uh, combines the largest share of Hispanics in the United States. Uh, one has to be very sensitive to those dynamics that work on a day-to-day -day basis and also things from just color selection of a certain brand to different types of copywriting by region, which are absolutely necessary if you're starting a national campaign, to specifically who your pitch person or your front person is going to be, uh, specifically targeting a certain community or a certain audience within the Hispanic market. Uh, for example, if you're launching a new product in the Southwest, then it may not be wise to bring somebody from the Caribbean or from South America to be your front pitch person. Most likely, you want to bring someone from a Mexican ancestry or, or a Mexican movie star or a telenovela star or someone that's really connected to that particular community. Uh, so, so often I see mistakes made uh, not only on uh, point person or, or pitch person selection, but also on the copywriting, which uh, really one has to be sensitive. Sometimes you uh, pick words that actually offend certain subgroups within the Hispanic segment. So you're absolutely right. Where do you begin? It really begins with the strategy. Uh, it begins with the messaging, and it begins with uh, making sure that that message uh, matches the market that you're going after within the entire Hispanic community. So uh, Oscar's absolutely right. One has to be careful nowadays. The other, the, the last point that I wanted to make on, on this one, Elena, and I think we alluded to it just, just a little bit ago, um, the, the face of the Latino in the United States is, is changing. Uh, and marketers need to recognize that. And what I mean by that is the growth numbers that we addressed earlier uh, are, are largely coming from within this country. They're coming from nativity. They, they are no longer coming solely from immigration. And so as that continues to change, then all of these um, needs and attitudes and behaviors and everything that I was talking about with relation, with relative rather to the psychographics of this very important segment, those change as well. Media consu consumption, media habits, how people consume uh, advertising, for example, especially with, with the younger audiences consuming more digital media versus traditional broadcast. Uh, language, language really by and far becomes a tactic. For those of us that, that have been doing marketing to this Latino community for years, Language at one time was a strategy. It's no longer a strategy. It's not about language, language rather. It's about how you recognize this audience and how they live their lives in two worlds. Many of the folks that we're addressing nowadays in Hispanic marketing, again, we're addressing them in English, but I think it's important to recognize in a culturally relevant way that many of them want to retain their ties to their heritage, uh, but it doesn't need to be it doesn't need to be overt in your marketing. I think some nuances are fine, but again, understanding that there is an ever-changing face of, of the Latino in this country, and be mindful of it as you develop your marketing campaigns. Al, I heard you talk about different geographic areas of the country and how you should adjust your efforts to reach those. Do you segment the country for all of your marketing efforts? I, I, I'll take that, Albert, or uh, you, you sure. can add a little bit to it. I, we segment to a degree, and we segment at Verizon where it makes sense. Most importantly, though, to Albert's point earlier, Elena, is that you recognize that there are differences. 
Uh, and again, there are regional differences. There are there are cultural differences just based on just based on your ethnicity. Um, so, as far as a marketing budget can support that, I think it's important. Uh, and 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 this is where you become authentic, and you uh, and and people within those uh, regional markets uh, start to believe that you get them, that you understand them. And to Albert's to Albert's point earlier, you would not. Uh, say play uh, a very popular Mexican tune uh, on a spot, say in, in New York or in Florida. That's not to suggest that that there are not people of Mexican background in this part of the country. But again, understanding that there are those u- unique differences. So as it relates to how much you can uh, segment and version uh, any advertising or marketing efforts. It's the smart thing to do, but sometimes for many companies, budgets typically don't allow that. So you have to really find the places where you can where you can tweak your messaging and make it appropriate to the region. You know, yeah, that's a great question actually, uh, because we we are just to give you an idea, I guess, Elena, of what we do. Uh, I work for Olympusat. We are a um, we're the leading Hispanic independent provider of uh, Hispanic television networks in the United States. Uh, we actually own, operate, and manage 21 networks targeting the Hispanic market. And typically, when you're on a satellite and you distribute your networks uh, to uh, multi-channel video providers, such as, for example, Verizon Fios, and this is how Oscar and I have worked in the past, where we provide networks to Verizon Fios, when you do that, typically, you really can't regionalize because if you want broad distribution, you typically go with a CONUS signal, which means continental U.S. signal. So you're there regardless of what the demos or 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 the uh, or the background of that local community represents whether it's more more mexican more cuban more puerto rican etc but most recently we just dove into what i believe to be our first very our first niche uh, I would say cultural Hispanic network. We actually partnered with a company from Spain to deliver the first ever all Cuban content-based programming channel called CubaPlay. So that'll give you an idea where uh, even in a television network, uh, if, if delivering a network signal, most likely you will not find success for that type of channel in Seattle, Washington, but you'll find uh, huge success in the eastern seaboard from uh, Miami up to New York City. As you describe the way that you approach the market, one of the thoughts that comes to my mind is that if you can't, for budgetary reasons or technical reasons, as you were describing a moment ago, segment the market geographically, that perhaps a different segmentation, say a cultural division or by age or income, might be helpful. Is that something that you do? Yes, absolutely. Um, and so let me let me use an example uh, that's related to the category that I'm in. Again, offering uh, fiber optic um, network all the way to the consumer's home that delivers television, internet, and voice. We look at, in addition to, again, looking at the ethnicity and understanding where there are unique elements or desires from this particular consumer, technology affinity is is also something that, that we pay very, very close attention to. And you can overlay that into our segmentation, our Hispanic segmentation efforts. So what I mean by technology affinity is where do people fall 
within the continuum of low to moderate to high tech? And where are they comfortable in and where do they see themselves in so that so that our messaging can then be customized and addressed to that particular level at which they are comfortable. And then you can look at different ways of communicating to the this particular customer. So there's there's broadcast media, there's print media, digital, uh, social. There are so many different ways, and you can tweak your messaging according to how broad you can go in terms of technology affinity to to very to very narrow uh, scope. Uh, say to somebody who is who is high tech. Uh, who you know might be uh, tweeting and also might be on Facebook. And so you can start to massage that message a little bit, insert a little bit of cultural nuance at the same time, but also let the hero of the message be that you understand where they are in that cultural um, continuum, excuse me, in that techno technological continuum. Does that, does that make sense? Yes, definitely. It, it, I think that it must be a priority in that space because otherwise how do you approach such a large market right and I'll, and, and I'll, to, to give you a real life example when when we started <clears throat> doing some of the research uh, a couple years ago on fios for the hispanic community one one of the things that we quickly discovered in talking to consumers face to face is that the internet product was very important to them Television is absolutely important. Content is still king for them. But one of the things that we discovered is that if there are children in the household, um, a, a strong, reliable, consistent Internet provider was very important to them. They wanted to ensure that their kids had the best access to the Internet, especially when they were doing homework and to do research and what have you. And so perhaps the parents weren't completely comfortable, but they had kids in the household at work. And so we we wanted to ensure that we we took that uh, feedback and and we infused those learnings into our messaging and into our communications platform, so that we bring internet up to the same level, so to speak, of of television in our communication. Yeah, and sometimes research uh, will give you the path to take uh, to target the Hispanic community. For example, years back, uh, uh, we started a network called Cine Mexicano, and it was because there was an outcry in the market where uh, Mexican immigrants and first-generation Mexican-Americans uh, wanted movies, contemporary movies that they grew up with that they used to go watch in the cine uh, with their parents or with their relatives, and they wanted those kind of movies on a 24-hour network. So we launched Cine Mexicano, which targets and, and, and fills that thirst uh, for those for that kind of content on a network on a 24-hour movie channel called Cine Mexicano. Uh, we also created a the first ever 24-hour telenovela network by the name of La Telenovela. So sometimes, uh, and, and both of these networks, I should say, stem from research that we went out and garnered uh, within the marketplace. And sometimes you just have to really sit back and really look at the clues, and it will tell you specifically uh, what type of content or what type of products or services that they're looking for in order for them to really feel partly ingrained in the in the U.S. American culture, but yet connecting back to their roots from their country of origin. Right. You mentioned earlier, Oscar, I think it was you, that language has become less of an issue, that it's no longer just about language, but that it's about connecting at a cultural level with right. the target consumer. Would you expand on that? 
Sure, um, and I'll use I'll use the um, the partnership that we have with Olympusat recently launching uh, these nine great uh, HD channels. Um, and so when we we had been doing we had been doing some research and talking to customers about what was important to them as it relates to television and internet service. And so what we found, of course, is that there's English speaking and Spanish-speaking uh, residents within the home. Many of them have multi, multiple generations uh, and some comfortable in both languages. What we also found was, generally speaking, um, some of the children in the household had a tendency to speak more English because they were going to school and they were speaking English with their friends and what have you. And the parents told us that what was important to them was that they're able to pass on their culture to their children. And that's really, for us, a, a very key uh, bit of insight in launching these great channels with Olympusat and, and with Albert, is that we knew that we could deliver content that would help parents keep the culture alive. So it wasn't so much about delivering Spanish language content or English language content or bilingual. It was about delivering content that was relevant to their lives. So, for example, we have some channels that are dedicated to children, some that are dedicated to just people who like to watch videos and what have you, so a lot of entertainment-rich documentaries, et cetera. And this is what parents want in their household uh, to be able to pass that, that culture along to their children. So really it wasn't about are we going to market this in Spanish or are we going to market it in English, but rather we just say we have something for everyone in the household. Exactly. It was meeting the needs of the households, and uh, in reality, it, it, uh, for example, the, the networks that uh, Oscar's referring to are called the Ultra HD Plex networks, uh, branded under the Ultra brand. Uh, we have one network, for example, that really takes me back, for example, when I was a kid, when I would go to the casino with my mother and, and my aunt, uh, they would take me to the local festival there in Dallas, Texas, where I grew up, and they would take me and watch a film in the afternoon, and it would be in black and white, and I would really enjoy it. Uh, and then later... Uh, when some of these films came out in cable, on cable, I would notice that it had a lot of imperfections, a lot of stains, a lot of cuts, and a lot of edits. And frankly, it would lose the, uh, the originality of the film itself. We basically bought a library, for example, that, uh, of all these classic films from Mexico. And we basically took them, we put them in HD, uh, we digitally restored them to their original glory, and we distributed it out uh, that these particular movies out on a network called Ultra Classico, which is one of the channels found exclusively on Verizon Files. So uh, by listening uh, really to two segments, not only the consumer segment, but sometimes even the distributor, uh, in this case Verizon Files, you find that they're going after solutions, not necessarily specific content. They're going after a solution, an overall encompassing offering in a household because it's, it's, it's not anymore where you satisfy the thirst of, let's say, the head of household. You have to satisfy la mamá, el niño, la niña, and el tío, and la abuelita who's living in the household itself. So you have to have all this variety. And, and we think that um, uh, in, in this circumstance here, uh, the union between Verizon Files and Olympusat has satisfied that on the entertainment level. Elena, I do, I do want to just quickly add to that because I, I want to add one other key element um, at, at, as it relates to, again, to the language question. I don't want to uh, reduce or, or minimize the, the language, especially for those who are most comfortable doing 
business in Spanish or, or watch Spanish television or consume that media. I, and Verizon recognizes that there is a large percentage of the population that still does that. And so one of the areas that we focus uh, heavily on at Verizon is, is our infrastructure. Is it's, it's the backbone of, of our business. And what I mean by that is if we welcome um, consumers uh, to do business with us, in English and Spanish um, marketing materials and what have you, culturally relevant and what have you, there are some who still prefer to do business in Spanish. And so we do offer things like Spanish bill. We have sales reps that, that can accept calls and, and, and uh, help customers with their, with their purchase in Spanish. We have a bilingual uh, microsite. We have uh, bilingual marketing materials. And so there's there's just a lot of things that we do to continue to assist that consumer who prefers and is most comfortable doing business in Spanish. That in and of itself is not a, 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 a strategy, so to speak. It's just something that is embedded into how we do business. Yeah, just to expand on that, I think what uh, what Oscar is also saying is because um, uh, for many years, Hispanics of Spanish-speaking households have really been underserved. And, uh, for example, our 21 networks that we own and operate and manage uh, targeting the Hispanic market are all in Spanish. Uh, one, some might actually presume that, but the reality is we're actually looking at uh, launching a few networks that are culturally relevant to Hispanics, but yet they're communicated in English, an all-English network targeting U.S. Hispanics. Imagine that. In fact, there's, there's one out there already by the name of Nivo TV, and uh, we think that that's where a lot of the growth within the Hispanic community is growing. So Oscar is absolutely right. Uh, it, it's not a strategy per se. It was really a need in a marketplace, but it's blended just depending on the needs and wants of the Hispanic community. And we as marketers have to adjust to those needs and wants uh, as we start growing in this uh, changing face, as Oscar said, within the Hispanic marketplace. If I'm hearing you both correctly, I'm really hearing a description of several markets versus one cohesive single market that's easy to tackle. Would you say that's right? Absolutely. Yep. Correct. And that, that, that goes to, I think I may have made the comment right up front. It, this is not a market that you can broad brush. And if you do, this consumer is going to look right through you and say, you don't get me. You don't understand me. And that's why the, the research is so important. Going out and understanding this consumer is key. There are differences, as we mentioned, regionally, culturally, the, the, just the level when you look at a continuum of, of, of uh, acculturation all over. And so it's important to recognize that. You know, I actually read a study, I want to say a few years back, uh, uh, by a, um, by a professor in, in Texas, and he was actually segmenting about nine different market segments within the Hispanic market, or, or I should say consumer segments within the Hispanic market, and uh, I found that fascinating, is that he uh, was able to segment nine, and lo and behold, as we start getting to, to this stage of, of really developing channel-specific content or network television channel-specific content for a specific segment, uh, he's absolutely right. Uh, there are probably more than that now because you've got the recent immigrant. You've got the recent immigrant that has a household or he's a head of household or, or she's a head of household that has uh, children that speak primarily in English. 
and then you've got the household that speaks dominantly in Spanish or dominantly in English, but connects back to their uh, their cultural Hispanic roots. Uh, and then you've got your uh, second or third generation uh, Hispanic Americans like myself, who primarily were raised in English, but we wanted to keep with that culture. So we sought out classes and we sought out taking jobs that took us to uh, Latin America and that allowed us to perfect our Spanish because we really just were in love with our culture. And there, there are so many segments out there, and, and Oscar is absolutely right. You just have to really get a comprehensive understanding of each one to be able to communicate effectively to that audience. How do you do that? Would you tell us a little bit about that research? Because so many companies, I think, don't have the budget or don't have the desire because they think that research is dry and a waste of money. What can you tell us about the research? I, I just want to tell you that it is not a waste of money uh, and, and those that are listening that it is not a waste of money. And I, I can also tell you that it is not, for me, it has not been the easiest uh, of, of the dollars to get because research in and of itself does not deliver a new customer, right, for, for any uh, enterprise across this country dollars, uh, marketing dollars are heavily scrutinized. And so what, what I work hard to do with my, um, with my colleagues, both here at Verizon and, and at, with agency partners, is uh, putting together a very sound research proposal, depending on what it is that you're trying to obtain, what knowledge you want to get from your consumer, and, and, and then go out and secure a, a very um, – reputable research firm that can give you and show you research that they've done and case studies and all of the above so that you know that when you're going out and you're screening for a particular customer type or or consumer type that you're talking to exactly that person that you want to be your customer so that when they give you that information whether you do it in a qualitative way or a quantitative way, but when you get that information, you can do something with it. You can infuse it into your into your research. Excuse me, into into the work that you do. And it's just something for us that is embedded in the way we do business at Verizon. It's just something that we feel in order for us to deliver a product that customers can relate to, a product that customers want and and will use and a product that will benefit how they live their lives and will help them improve their lives, then once I know that this will do it, then that's how I go back and, and I not only not only create my product, but also create my messaging so that I'm speaking directly to those folks. Exactly. And you know, the, going back to your, your question about research, there is a, you're, you're right, you do have to have a budget for research, there's no doubt. Luckily, in the entertainment business, the satellite cable distribution of television networks and even telco distribution of distribution networks, um, we uh, can obtain off-the-shelf research that is really beneficial. Uh, some of these run between $2,000 to $15,000, depending on the level of research that one is looking for. Uh, and yes, we do invest in some of those research uh, partnerships with these research providers and companies that provide research that's specific to the Hispanic segment, which is a market primarily that Olympusat serves. However, one of the um, beauties uh, about being a U.S. taxpayer is that you can actually tie into the U.S. Census Bureau, which has a wealth of information. As you all know, uh, there's uh, the, every 10 years, there's a U.S. Census Bureau decennial. 
and they go out and they study the Hispanic market, among other markets, on, the, on, on a regular basis, but specifically the growth in population of Hispanics in the United States. And their 2010 research really gives marketers lots of clues as to where everything is headed. For example, one, one thing that stood out to me was that the top five state growths with the largest population of Hispanics from the year 2000 to 2010 were in this order, South Carolina, Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky, and Arkansas. I, I guarantee you from 1990 to 2000, it was quite the opposite. <laughs> it was more like in the Southwest, uh, including Texas. And as you mentioned, Texas was nowhere in there. Uh, and so what's happening here is there's a great migration uh, into the heartland of America by Hispanics. And that tells marketers that we have to have television networks there. We have to have television stations. We have to have media outlets. We have to have services that connect them culturally, like broadband connection from Verizon Fios, uh, television, and also telephony services, all kinds of media services that really give them the platform to be able to communicate back to their country or to their relatives or their friends in the, in the language and culture that they're most used to communicating in, which is in Spanish for the majority of Hispanics in the United States. Uh, and also, we have to deliver uh, products and goods. Uh, for example, we have to communicate uh, our services from the restaurant franchise side, make sure that uh, there's, a, there's some great solid Mexican restaurants or Hispanic restaurants that serve those communities. So for marketers, um, sometimes free information kind of can give you the path to how to build your strategy targeting this Hispanic audience. Okay, so research, I'm hearing you both say, plays a key role in your marketing efforts. What about measurement? Do you rely on measurement to pinpoint the efficiency and the nuances that you gain from the research? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I can tell you that uh, it's probably one of the things that I feel, um, aside from research, uh, is a very, very close second as it relates to those things that are important uh, in order to have viability and sustainability of marketing to ethnic segments, right? Meaning when when you spend dollars to target this segment and you spend dollars to to buy um, off-the-shelf research or you can just go in and do, you know, regular uh, research or um, spending dollars just in, in, in purchasing media, et cetera, um, the, the measurement is key to ensure that you are delivering uh, on the expectations and, and for us specifically to ensure that all the work that we're doing is delivering as new customers. That's Above all, that's the most important thing. We want to make sure that we uh, understand how efficient our media purchases are, so we do a lot of efficiency uh, uh, metrics to ensure that that our broadcast media, that our print media, et cetera, is efficient for us. And further to that, we can also track um, our performance based on um, some modeling that we do to measure what percent of our base is Hispanic. Uh, and then we also we're fortunate enough that we can collect a lot of information at the point at the point of sale that we can use. Uh, just to further understand uh, our consumers. So so measurement is, is absolutely key. And one thing that it does as well is it when you can tell that you're delivering solid results and you can show your leadership and you can 
you know, uh, raise it up to flagpole and say, this is how we're performing, then that's, that gives you the, the, the necessary insight and key performance indicators, et cetera, that could then deliver, you know, additional budget dollars in future years. Absolutely. I think measurement is absolutely critical, especially if you're in the entertainment space and you have a television network. Uh, we take measurements in two areas. Number one is the more traditional where uh, you have ratings, uh, specifically metrics uh, that, that are consumed by uh, those being metered, if you will, and in the home uh, uh, on your network. Uh, for example, we use one uh, now by the name of Rentrack, which actually tracks smaller networks like ourselves and gives us an idea of how we were performing. So that information is very useful because we can then go back to Oscar and, and uh, advise them of how well our network is performing uh, on this uh, particular segment or a particular evening block or a particular weekend block or daytime part uh, that he might be interested in. So that is absolutely crucial because it also serves not only the actual distributor, in this case Verizon Fios, but it also serves us because it tells us how to improve our programming mix or basically tell us where to keep it because it's performing well. But on the other side, we also have measurement in the form of subscriber growth. We, we're in this to grow subscribers and to satisfy a need. So if we can put together a series of channels, for example, in this case, like the Ultra HD Plex Networks Verizon Fios, which, by the way, are, it's exclusively on Verizon Fios, I might add. When we provide those networks, we basically want to, yes, deliver a need, but also be able to uh, really deliver an improved subscriber gain to the distributor, in this case Verizon Fios, because we feel that if the network is going to work and appeal to a certain demo or a variety of demos within a Hispanic market, then we hope to be able to deliver additional revenue to our partner distributor, uh, such as Verizon Fios. What would you say is the most effective means to reach your target consumer because I'm hearing you say that you spend a lot of energy on research and measurement and that you really try to pinpoint to the degree of growth and whether your message is actually reaching your audience. What would you say are your most efficient ways of reaching consumers? And even within that, I've heard from others who are marketing at the national level, such as yourselves, that sometimes you might reach consumers via one channel, but they might respond via another. Is that something that you're saying? So two questions in one. Are you seeing in which channel or media channels are you seeing the most effective reach? And by that I mean broadcast, print, online, mobile, social media to reach your consumers and also are they responding via the same channel or via a different one? For, for, uh, for us at Verizon, Elena, it really is all of the above. Uh, we, have, we have been very successful with our broadcast. Uh, using broadcast media, both 30-second and 60-second. Um, you can watch anytime during the day, wherever we um, we have FIOS availability. Uh, we have 60-second direct response television that works very well for us, uh, direct mail, shared mail like Advo. Uh, we do a lot of digital advertising as well, and that works very, very well for us. Um, so there are multiple channels that we uh, that we advertise in that are very successful uh, for us. Our primary distribution uh, is a call center. So we, we do have an 800 number in all of, if not most of our, our material, and so we can track call volume into, into those centers. 
But again, our digital advertising does does very well, and we get a lot of interaction via via social. The conversation might be a little bit different in each of those tactics, but at the same time, um, some work in concert with each other, some work as a body of work in the market. Um, some may watch a direct response, a television ad, and decide not to call at the time, but perhaps may call a week later if they get a direct mail piece at home. Yes, in fact, uh, that, that question's really good because um, once I explain how we market our services and products, you'll, you'll understand that it really is a partnership marketing effort, in this case with Verizon Files. So just for example, uh, we are in a two-step distribution process. In other words, we rely on the distributor to really make the final sale, in this case Verizon Files of the Ultra HD Plex networks uh, and other channels that they carry of us. So we basically have call to action and marketing efforts on a local level. We basically build awareness uh, of our networks, but always tie it in in concert with Verizon Fios. So if I'm at a local event targeting the Hispanic community, let's say in Texas or in California, then my goal is, yes, to introduce, uh, let's say, our network uh, and introduce our services, but also tie that back into a call to action with Verizon Fios so they can receive the call and hopefully get the subscribers so we all win. So um, our best efforts we have seen is through local events. Local events uh, have been something that we've been doing for quite some time now. And, and most of the time, we come in with a marketing idea or a plan with our distributors and partners, and we give them a 12-month overview of what we'd like to accomplish and do. And most of the time, we already have something already on schedule, so we just agree to continue that process. But we're always looking for ways to get to not only the – uh, subscriber or potential subscriber or the market, but also get to them in a unique and effective way that will push them over the top and say, yes, I, I will buy services from Verizon Fios uh, because they came to me in this type of platform or this certain venue that's quite different that makes me ready to buy or ready to consume. And um, so for us, it's not so much broad-based media which is more institutional, it would be for us. Uh, for us, it's more specific call to action and drive the customer to make a purchase. And what would that be, Albert? That would be more local events, uh, local uh, festivals, uh, events, uh, fairs. Um, uh, for example, uh, during the entire month of September and even October, we have a lot of fiestas patrias from all over America Latina. Obviously, Cinco de Mayo is always huge, and there's a lot of uh, holiday seasonal type of events uh, and, and, and parties and uh, festivities that target the Hispanic community. So they come out in droves, and our goal is to have presence there, but always drive them back to where they can uh, go acquire our services, and that's typically through Hispanic packages uh, with Verizon Files. I can I can actually um, add a little bit to that, Elena. Uh, in fact, just this past weekend, uh, last week we launched uh, for the fifth year in a row our our uh, um, My Fabulous Quince program. It is a uh, program that we started five years ago, and it awards um, a quinceañera or a quinceañero, depending on what part of the country you're in, uh, to a person who turns 15 a young lady who turns 15 uh, years old this year. And so as part of that uh, entire uh, promotion, we do on-site events at some of, our, some of our stores. This weekend, for example, on Saturday, we had a large event at our Secaucus, New Jersey store. 
And so what we do is we bring in local vendors, uh, local businesses to showcase their products and services as it relates to a, to one of those events. So we had a cake vendor, we had limo, flowers, we had uh, an opportunity for for um, dress vendors to come and and do um, some some uh, runway shows for for the young girls as well as for their mothers, demonstrating what kind of what kind of dresses they have and what have you. But at the same time, we're also out there talking about our products and our services. And uh, in our setup for Verizon Files specifically, we have a section that is dedicated to our content partners. And this weekend, we were actually talking about this relationship that we have launched with. Uh, with Olympusat, with this uh, network of, of HD channels that we launched. And so we were able to talk about it and tell them all the cool programs that they can be watching with Verizon Fios. And it really starts to bring that connection, not only of us understanding the community and bringing such a great program like My Fabulous Quince, but also it brings the content to life because we have it right in front of them. So that's how we kind of triangulate what what it is that we do with our with 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 community and uh, other sponsorships and events, and then we bring in our our content partners. Absolutely, and some of these um, and some of these efforts aren't just really uh, exclusive to actual acquisition of new subscribers. It can be or customers. It can be utilized for retaining or retention of existing subscriber base uh, or customers. For example, uh, one of the big advantages we have is that through all of our uh, 21 networks uh, that we target the Hispanic community, uh, on most of them we originate the programming, which means that we can promote, we can communicate, we can do ad insertion of special products and services or any type of promotional message that we want to have to the subscriber base ourselves. Uh, one recent example of that is we launched a promotion in May. We called it La, La Mejor Mamá del Mundo. And it was targeting one specific network called La Telenovela Network that we own, which targets primarily uh, female uh, stay-at-home moms uh, who love telenovelas. And what we did is we basically asked the viewership audience to give us a letter, uh, specifically hopefully a son or daughter that might be interested in promoting their mother as La La Mejor Mamá del Mundo, and they would send in a summary of why they think they should win a trip to Miami to get pampered for the weekend and to uh, be taken to a show and have a wonderful time on behalf of Olympusat and La Telenovela Network. So uh, we received thousands of entries, and we actually selected um, uh, one special mother uh, from Puerto Rico to come in, and she enjoyed a full weekend of complimentary services. So that gives you just one indication of, uh, of, of these type of events that really go a long way. Uh, and you don't really have to have a huge budget for, uh, for this type of effort. It just takes the ability to do so and, and a little bit of knowledge of who, your, of who your audience is. What would you say to, I'm going to call them naysayers, those people who believe that there is no need to do outreach specific to the Hispanic market, those people who say, well, if you're reaching them in English already, why do you have to do something separate if you're already reaching them in the general market in a language that everybody else or let's say the mainstream market understands? What would you say to those folks? I would probably say do your homework. Uh, in other words, understand uh, understand the size of the opportunity, which Albert mentioned uh, just a little bit ago, uh, and also everything that we've just talked about 
that uh, speaks to uh, not broad brushing this audience. Not every person who speaks English that is that is Latino, whether um, you are second or third generation or first, it doesn't matter. Not everyone consumes the the same media. Not everyone will take a message and interpret it the same way. And I think it's 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 important for us to recognize that there are those unique uh, characteristics and 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 contextual elements. So I'll use myself as an example. I am third generation, and when I'm at home on the weekends, I want to listen to Spanish music. I love Mexican music, Rocío Durcal. I typically will watch uh, a lot of television in Spanish just to catch up on novelas and what have you. At work, I maybe I'm a little bit different because there's not a lot of people here that I speak Spanish to, and so so I may be less Latino here at work. I may be more Latino when I'm 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 at home, and so there are those unique uh, differences found among so many people and so many again levels of acculturation, language uh, uh, comfort, uh, for lack of a better word. And there, there's just there's just so many unique elements that. You just can't say, oh, well, if they speak English, you have general market advertising, you're going to get them because because you're not. Absolutely. In fact, what I would say to those individuals who are uh, not believing that you have to have uh, multicultural messaging to the Hispanic market is that you're really missing a huge growth to your business. The, the opportunities are just really endless there. Um, you have an ability uh, through your products and services to really pinpoint your benefits pinpoint your solutions, uh, really expand on your feature sets to be able to communicate those in a culturally relevant way to an explosive audience that's only going to get bigger in the future. So what I would advise is do your homework like Oscar says. Take a look at the numbers. Uh, Understand that there's over 50 million Hispanics in the United States, which makes up 16.3% of the population. Uh, And it's it's been just explosive. It it accounted for 56% of the growth of the the total nation's growth from the years 2000 to 2010. So within that decade, over, over half of the population explosion came from Hispanic growth. So having said all that, I think it's time now to really accept the fact that America has always been a multicultural melting pot. And the biggest segment that delivers that in a huge way is the Hispanic market in the United States. Agreed. Absolutely. We've been talking since we began this conversation about FIOS, and that's capital F, lowercase i, capital O, capital S, would you tell us exactly what that is? Absolutely. Thank you for that great question. I love it. Uh, Fios is our Verizon uh, triple play uh, service. Uh, Fios actually is a 100% fiber optic network. Um, what it does is it we bring the fiber optic network directly to the home, so you're not sharing with your neighbors. Um, and like cable, for example, and so uh, we offer television, internet, and home uh, telephone service. We have a number of products to meet customer needs. We carry uh, a good, better, and best bundle depending on uh, on what kind of channels you want, what kind of speeds you want. For example, uh, 15 over 5. Uh, that, and that's megabits per second. We just launched this this uh, just today, 
some uh, grade speed upgrades. So we have up to 150, even up to, in some cases, to 300 megabits per second. So there's something for everyone. And specifically for the Hispanic segment, we also have a uh, triple play bundle that we call uh, La Conexión. And this really gives you the best of both worlds. It comes with the best English uh, content and English channels, as well as the very best uh, in Spanish. And so with the launch of the new channels that we just partnered with Olympusat, uh, we are now the provider with the most HD Spanish channels. And we're very, very proud of that. This is something that customers have told us that they want, and and we've delivered. So again, it, go, it goes back to us understanding the needs of the consumer, us understanding that there are multiple generations at home, multiple levels of, of Spanish and English and bilingualism, and so we wanted to ensure that we gave them the products that, uh, that address those needs. And Albert, you're in partnership with Verizon with the Fios program, is that That's right? Correct. That's correct. They they basically distribute our networks, and um, uh, most recently they launched nine high-definition Spanish-language television networks targeting several different genres and, and, and market segments. Uh, for example, we have four movie channels on there. We have a movie channel dedicated to men, to children, to women. Uh, there's a documentary channel there. There's a, there's a uh, HD uh, uh, music channel on there that specifically targets music from uh, from all over the Americas in Spanish. So there's uh, several different networks that they manage, and most recently they actually uh, launched th- these nine that I'm speaking of. Uh, Olympusat, to tell you a little bit about ourselves, we've been in business since 1996. We have over 150 employees throughout the Americas. Uh, we are now, I can comfortably say, the market leader in Spanish-language television networks distribution in the United States. In other words, we have 21 owned and operated and managed networks that we distribute uh, to providers such as Verizon Fios in the United States. If you add on all the other segments that we manage, like specialty networks and faith and family uh, networks, we also we actually have over 30. In fact, the total number is 37 to be exact. But we also offer full end-to-end solutions. We not only distribute this content from the U.S. and Latin America, but we also provide satellite transport, master control, content delivery networks, ad sales, storage, HD conversion of old film classic, as I mentioned earlier, and production services. And um, we are the only uh, market player today that dedicates resources to fully digitally remastering films from yesteryear and bringing them back to the original glory. And as I mentioned, I'm in West Palm Beach, but we also have offices in Los Angeles, Denver, Mexico City, and in Argentina. One of the things that we're seeing, one of you mentioned earlier, was that the growth of the Hispanic market in the United States is domestic, meaning these are U.S.-born Hispanics rather than foreign-born Hispanics who are immigrating into the country that perhaps because of the recession the migration has slowed and the growth is domestic. We're also seeing, of course, as part of that, I'm going to call it younger demographic, you guys help me out here, that many people are shifting to watching television online. What are you seeing? You're there with direct contact with the pulse of the audience. What are you seeing in relation to that? 
that that's absolutely true, Elena. We are we are starting to see. It, it's been for some time now, where uh, providers, again like Verizon and and, and others, uh, make television watching um, flexible, so to speak. So whether it's video on demand or uh, recorded programs, etc., people are looking at other ways to to watch it, and internet is one of those ways. That's one of the reasons that we continue to demonstrate to customers that the fiber optic network that we bring directly to the home powers all of your devices. So not only is it powering your television, but it's powering the iPads and the other tablets or the laptops that you may have in your home because people have different ways of watching television. And we have to stay current and we have to fulfill the needs of of those consumers. Maybe mom and dad or grandmother are watching television on the couch, sitting in front of the TV, uh, but perhaps you have kids who are watching it on Hulu, on their laptop. And so we want to make sure that we deliver a product that allows all of those devices to be powered by by uh, by a network that allows you to to do those multiple um, things at at the same time. Absolutely. In fact, uh, being on this side of the business uh, where we're content creators, uh, we have found that the days of just having content uh, really uh, programmed for one uh, type of medium, such as television, uh, we really think those days are over. You have to really consider a multi-platform solution. Uh, What we do is we build every single network that we have, not only for television distribution, uh, but where we can distribute that content where it's online on on a video-on-demand basis where uh, we always have a messaging where it says, if, you're, if you like this type of content or if you like this particular segment, please go back and sign up through Verizon Files for this network. So we always tie it back in, though, for the sale. That's what we always try to do, to hopefully uh, uh, entice that consumer enough where they make a decision. But we do, and we have learned, or specifically in the last really 24 months to 27 months, that content has to be made available to complement what you're currently having on your network channel on a linear basis, that complementary uh, content it could be a video on demand. It could be a, right. a, a, just a free vignette, uh, or it could be an entire episode or a movie that you place on Hulu or on YouTube. So you can entice that individual to hopefully subscribe to that particular service. What other changes or evolutions do you see to consumers' appetites? Let's call them. What what other variations? can we expect in the coming months, in the coming years? I, I think uh, gaming is, uh, is, is going to continue to, um, to gain in popularity. We are seeing multiple gaming units in our research in consumers' homes, and I'm talking about things like Xbox, et cetera. <clears throat> and so why that is important to us as a service provider is and again, I go back to the fiber optic network that we deliver to the home. It allows those, whether it's the youth or many times it's the parents uh, who are uh, on these gaming consoles and, again, want to experience the best um, experience possible from, from their purchase. These are not inexpensive items that they're, that they're purchasing. Some are three, four, five hundred dollars and so gaming is 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 going to continue again i think to 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 increase in popularity in the home uh many people are using them to exercise or zumba classes now that you can use via these gaming 
um, uh, these gaming consoles, as well as watching content, right? Whatever you select, whatever programs you want to watch. So I think it's important for us to recognize that there's a lot going on in the household that uh, particularly Latinos know how they want to be entertained. And we have to be right there, right along with them to ensure that we're delivering them the products and the services, uh, and in our case, the networks that are going to help them fuel those devices. Absolutely right. I think what you'll see in the next uh, six to, uh, months to a year is this just the, the, the continuing expansion of content distribution online once that subscriber has been authenticated. So in other words, if you subscribe to a package uh, of services with Verizon Fios, then what we are going to try to do is to be, be able to make sure that we support Verizon Fios by uh, offering an additional extension experience of that particular content online through multiple platform devices, whether it's their mobile phone, their iPad, or their smart pads, whatever they may have at whatever location they may be in but once it's authenticated. So there is a relationship, a pre-existing relationship with Verizon Fios, and then they expand that relationship to all the multiple devices. I think you'll see more technology uh, going along that front. I think you'll see more of an acceptability with even content providers who are typically close to the vest. They don't want to release all that material, but there's the, 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 the technology is improving vastly so that uh, one can have lots of control of that content uh, but yet still make it beneficial to the subscriber and the distributor uh, like Verizon Fios, where they don't lose uh, uh, the ability to deliver something unique, a unique experience to that particular subscriber. I, I also see gaming as well. Uh, gaming is something that uh, I think has been forthcoming for many years, but I think the technology now lends itself to uh, quick applications to be able to play if you're on a train from Boston and New York, or whether or not you're uh, you're on a train from uh, Los Angeles uh, cross country to, to to the East Coast, uh, or even in your car, uh, or at work, uh, or at home, uh, there are several applications out there that are that are just lending themselves more to gaming, and they're more interactive now, which uh, feeds into the the nice pipeline that Verizon Files has built uh, over the years with their Files platform. So we see gaming as a huge uh, endeavor that we'd like to get into ourselves with our brands and services. Would you share some thoughts, some tips that our audience might learn from, might take back to their projects on ways that they can address the U.S. Hispanic market effectively, whether it be with a shoestring budget or with a large budget of a national company such as yours? Um, sure, I'd be happy to start. Thank you again for, for the opportunity of spending the last hour with you. Uh, it, it really has been fun to, to hear Albert's comments and, and, uh, and to answer your questions, Elena. So again, thank you very much for the opportunity. It probably will come as no surprise that I start with do your homework, do your, do research. And I really believe that that has, uh, driven much, much of our success at Verizon is really understanding what the needs of the consumer are right up front. Um, we typically will not start a new marketing campaign or develop a strategy without said research because, again, it's really going to be what your customers will tell you exactly what they want and what they need, and that will be important for you in, in developing strategies and, and campaigns. Um, second to that is go back out once it's out there, once you have your marketing communications out there, you've got programs, um, go back and, and solicit feedback. 
have focus groups again, understanding what they're what they're talking about as it relates to your competitors. Uh, if people have left your service, go out and find out why they've left. What what could you have done differently to get them to stay? Um, so it's important not only to do the upfront research, but to go back and and do and do a follow up. And then for me specifically, I stay very close to those who are actually selling our products. So that is the front line. Those are sales reps. Those are customer service reps. Those are the people in our retail stores. They will tell you. They're they're they will be the voice of the customer for you. They're out there on the front line. And so for for me, it's key to really solicit as much as I can from them on a regular basis. Um, and then from there, it's really about evangelizing and educating people from within the ranks, from within your company, all the way up to your C-level uh, to ensure that you've got alignment. If you have alignment from your CMO and your COO down, it makes it a lot easier than, than trying to, to you know, pull something off at, at, a, at a certain level if you don't have. And again, it could be a shoestring budget or it could be a, a sizable budget. Just make sure that you have alignment through your through your organization, through your various work groups that uh, that in one way or another may may impact or be impacted by the work that you're doing in uh, in Hispanic or multicultural marketing. Just ensure that you have that alignment within the organization. Uh, that that right there will help to deliver a very strong, effective, impactful marketing campaign. Well. It's well said, Oscar. You know, what I would uh, probably start with is uh, just uh, being able to have an open mind. I would advise uh, the business owner, uh, just have an open mind about the Hispanic market. Um, uh, just uh, you think of it as a white canvas, just a blank canvas ready to be painted. Uh, and obviously, understanding the marketplace itself, knowing specifically who you're going after, doing that research. Obviously, the bigger you are, the more, um, uh, I would say, intense that research effort might be. But uh, if you, even if you're a, uh, a roofing repair company uh, in the Midwest that is looking to expand into the Hispanic market because you know there's some capabilities there uh, or you know that no one is really tapping into that, then I think just starting out and understanding just the basic demographics, the, the basic blocking and tackling of Hispanic marketing, as I call it, where you go out and you drive the streets or you get data from uh, local research information from the Census Bureau, which tells you specifically the pockets of Hispanics or where they live, start there. Get a feel for where they currently go out and consume products, the supermarket, el mercado, uh, the restaurant, los restaurantes. Get a feel for the people and how they're communicated to. Get as much marketing information that's out there already and see what seems to be working. And then start coming back and drafting your plan your plan of attack. Uh, there's a lot of agencies that can help you do that, uh, or you can uh, hire internally and, and, and bring in some marketers to actually do that for you. Uh, but there's a lot of opportunities here. But I would say, first and foremost, first and foremost, I should say, just start with a, 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 an open mind. Uh, really understand your marketplace. Look and see what's working now and try to adapt that information and, and, that, and that content to your features, your benefits messaging, and then go out and apply that to your Hispanic marketing efforts and campaigns. Research, do your homework, solicit feedback, and make sure that you are in alignment overall. These were the suggestions from Oscar. Albert says, have an open mind. Make sure that you understand the marketplace before you go back and put a plan in place. Did I get that right, gentlemen? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. 
Thank you, Albert and Oscar, for joining us from West Palm Beach, Florida, and Basking Ridge, New Jersey. It was great to talk to you. Thank you very much. And to our audience, thank you for listening to Albert J. Estrada, who is Vice President of Business Development for Olympiasat, Inc., and Oscar Madrid, who is Director of Multicultural Marketing for Verizon, who discussed marketing to Hispanics. Please share your suggestions, questions, and ideas by leaving a comment on the HispanicMPR.com website. If you or someone you know would like to be on the show, you can email me directly at editor at HispanicMPR.com. That's editor at HispanicMPR.com.